The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Good morning, listeners. How are you? This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And it's nice to be able to say that the last couple days I've had a restless night sleeping and I've been working. So it has not been a walk in a park. You know, living in paradise, I haven't been able to really enjoy anything around here because when you're tired, I think it just, at least for me, and I can't speak for anybody but me, but I know that humans need rest. You need a certain amount of time during it, you know, the day to download. I don't even know exactly what happens during sleep. Because rest, if just sitting down should give you rest, correct? But you need the sleep in order to do something with your brain. There's something that goes on in there. There's a download that goes on. It's like a compilation of all the day's events you need to process. And without a good night's sleep, I think it's interrupted. But then again, I'm only speculating. I only know how I feel when I don't get a good night's rest. I read a lot up about how important sleep is and things like that. That does not make me an expert. I realize I'm not an expert on anything. I just have, sometimes I have deep knowledge on some subjects, not all. That's the mistake people make sometimes when they're talking about things. So take what I have to say with a grain of thought as grain of salt, meaning these are only personal observations. So when I don't get a lot of sleep, I'm not fortified, my body, for some things. I'm a sarcastic wit. I know that. I'm an expert on gym. I'm kind of self-aware. I think a lot about who I am, what I do, why I do it. I, I just want to try to be the master of this vessel called Jim Horan. So when I don't get a lot of sleep, I don't have the, the whole range of resources that I have. When you talk about whole range, physically, mentally, and some people may say spiritually, But I'd have to say physically, mentally, psychologically. And when I get that rest, which I did last night. I did last night. I do. I feel world's better. I believe everyone is. I know I'm all about the place right now, but it's all pertaining to sleep. 
everyone has a certain amount of assholishness in them. Right? It goes from, let's pick a scale, 0 to 100. And it's a voice in the back of your head that wants to say something or do something when it, your ego or id is attacked. And it could be attacked by someone cutting in front of you when you're driving down the road, someone walking in the Walgreens in front of you and not opening the door. Could be any number of things. You, you're feeling slighted by your partner, by a question, by someone questioning your intentions. And normally, people with lower asshole quotients, they have these other thoughts in their head and say, no, they, we don't know what the other person's going through. They may not even notice that you're here, that you're there. They're so focused on what they have going on. And you don't know what their motives are. And it's best that way. And then you go through life a lot happier. Unless, obviously, there's things that when they directly affect you, like when you're directly attacked, you feel threatened. and things. That's, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those small things that you should be able to go through life and not feel a least bit, least bit angry about or reticent or any number of things. So it posit, it just caused me to think maybe people who are, most people are only 10% assholes and it's always there, but they don't get a, a good night's rest and they're not fortified. Their, their psychology, their mental capabilities are not ready to handle that stuff. They're, they're, they're at the weakest. It's like having a force field around you. And when you don't get a night's sleep, that force field is real weak and all these things get in. And your voice is so loud in your head and you just go and do those things. But when you're rested, you go, you're able to take into account other people's motives, meaning I don't know their motives. You know, I don't know. Why, why should that voice in my head get a bigger... The, it seems like the asshole needs energy and anger feeds it. And anger is a good way to get certain things moving. That part of that fight or flight syndrome. And people say, you know, let go of your ego and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to have a certain amount of ego though, right? It's how we become unique. A certain amount. There's a balance in human beings where you can't just go through life Totally. You know, I mean, you could be, there's on one scale, the zero, there's the Dalai Lama, living saints, people like years ago was Mother Teresa and things like that. Dalai, you know, maybe people say, hey, Dalai Lama, my closest to him, say, you don't know what he's like after a long flight. He, he could be an asshole too, right? Or Pope Francis. I, I know I'm just picking religious figures, but let's pick someone that's more uh, Deepak Chopra. There you go. He's he's more spiritual than religious. He could be an asshole sometimes. I don't know. But 
take that as a zero. And then you have people that always like you see Putin. Putin is generally, I think, is, has a high asshole quotient. Maybe he doesn't sleep that well. Maybe he spends a lot of time thinking about certain things that keep him up at night. You know, what group of people to suppress in Russia or how he can make homosexuals' lives difficult or invade a country like the Ukraine next door. You say, oh, should we do that? Or kill a political opposition leader. If he got a good night's uh, rest, maybe like a week or two, perhaps he might be more likely to say, you know what? Alexei Navalny, the person, his main opposition, he's not such a bad guy. Maybe I shouldn't poison him anymore or put him in prison. <clears throat> Excuse me one moment. So that I was just thinking there. That's one of the other things when you run into people and say, oh, are you getting enough sleep? And then people say, well, they're always like that. Well, maybe they never get sleep and they're permanently running a deficit. And I'm tying it to the one thing. Maybe they didn't eat right and they don't feel physically well. You know, that's, that's the things I think about. And it just makes it easier to go through the day for me. Well, I'm in the Keys. I was talking about how beautiful it is. I walked my dog this morning. It's not, I did all that before 9 o'clock. It's great. I'm going to go to the gym a little later because i got to pick up my daughter. I figured that's, I'm heading south anyway. So I figured I'd do this podcast. And it's so beautiful outside. Like 80 degrees. I know it's kind of hot for this time of year. It's going to end up being around 90. Sweltering, humid. The price you have to pay. And unfortunately, the rest of the United States is going through some, or at least the eastern half, parts of the eastern half are going through how. You know, Ida just went through New Orleans. There's still places in Louisiana losing, you know, have, not having power. And then it went through the northeast. Northeast got in the central part, you know, south, and to the northeast. Um, all those places getting flooded, getting uh, two months' worth of rain, in one day it's a lot to it's a lot to handle for those people I understand that and the tropics are active there's one on the Yucatan Peninsula right around there developing there's one in central Atlantic Larry Um, it's a shame they didn't put Moe, Larry and Curly in there and have Curly and then Larry and Moe that would have been kind of like Appropriate, I think, but they didn't do it. We could have used those names. No one's used. No one's Mo. There's no Hurricane Mo. So Larry's going to be done now, and it's really not going to. It may hit Bermuda, right? Larry's forming out in the Middle Atlantic, and that poor name Larry is like, it, it, it's not really going to make. It's not going to come of anything, right? So they used up Larry, and they won't be able to use Larry for years, if, if, if ever again. I wonder what happens with the recycle names or anything like that. Or they're going to have to go into foreign names or start using numbers. Or, you know, numbers in color, blue 62, it'll sound like a football play or something like that. But they got all this activity going on, some new stuff coming out of West Africa. It's just a lot of activity out there. 
And they're saying that, I think, if you think about it, the big ones we've had were a lot earlier. Now we're on L. We're probably going to blow through the alphabet this time. It's only, it's just beginning of September. We're probably going to, I mean, and how many X or Y names are there? And Z. So you're kind of pretty much screwed at the end. And then we start going to the uh, Greek alphabet. You know, and then, so eventually they'll probably have to go with another system. Maybe we'll use symbols. It'll be like prints. They're going to say, what hurricane is this? Oh, it's the squiggly line with the horse. Oh, that was a bad one. Not as bad as the rabbit with the lollipop. I mean, that's just, I just, I didn't write that down. I usually write down my ideas for that, but I didn't even come up with that. But we're rolling into Labor Day here in the Keys. And you know what thing I don't do on Labor Day? I don't rest on Labor Day. That's Labor Day weekend is one of my business weekends as a bartender. Sometimes as a notary, though I'm relatively new at that. There's only five years. Uh, I don't have to do any spin that time, so that's pretty good. And uh, I will do the podcast. And we are rolling up to that 500th episode. I'm going to try to make it special. Maybe I have to bring back a, a couple guests and things like that. So next week, I will be, I will still be releasing episodes, but I may not number those episodes. You say, Jim, that's kind of disingenuous, is it? No, it isn't. I don't want my 500th episode to be one I do in my underwear in the house. Not that I do. I've never done a podcast sitting in my underwear or bathing suit. I guess I should, you know, right now I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt, not buttoned, but shorts, and I'm in my kitchenette. So Labor Day. You think about it. No one ever thinks of Labor Day. Do you think Memorial Day? You, you, yes, it's, a, it's about the troops memorializing the fighting men and women of the United States. But Labor Day, think about it for a second. What is Labor Day about? And like one of the things I'm widely or, you know, widely read in history, in the, if you think about the Industrial Revolution worldwide, but particularly in the United States, Back in the 1800s, it's particularly the late 1800s, <clears throat> Americans worked a lot. Um, labor was in more intensive years ago because automation was away, uh, was not developed yet. We had primitive tools. So in order to do certain things, it was more labor intensive. Washing clothes, washing, well, washing dishes is pretty much the same unless you use a dishwasher. I still do it the old all the way. But the convenience of having water coming into your house here, that that's a lot easier. You don't have to truck the water in or go down to the, the stream to do it or the ocean. But in the 1800s, mid to late 1800s, the average working day was 12 hours. And it was not unheard of. Matter of fact, it was the norm to work seven days a week 
even with that thing where people say, especially in, in factories, they went full tilt. They didn't give a shit about the Sabbath day, even though we considered ourselves a Christian nation. 1800s, people were pe- deeply, deeply religious still. Not as much today. You know, t- try to tell someone to work on a Sunday who's not in a service-oriented or um, an essential job. <clears throat> try to tell someone to work on a Sunday and see how you get it. And not it's not because they're necessarily going to church. Well, I keep the Lord's Sabbath, you know. Well, they just say, bullshit, you want your job, you've got to come in. So 12-hour working day was the norm. It was not unheard of of people working seven days. Or was it impossible that some people worked 16 hours? 16 hours. I'm just not pulling out an ass. These are documented people, and it was not unusual. Nowadays, you tell someone tells you to work 16 hours, they're like, what are you, crazy? Not one time on day in, day out. So, in the late 1800s, uh, 1880s, 1882, there was a burgeoning labor movement, especially in the United States. And I'm not going to go in depth about the Haymarket riots and things that happened in Chicago, New York, the Pullman strike and all that. But suffice it, uh, suffice it to say, the powers that be realized that they better get a little more, like, you know, put their, their, they have to listen more to the working man because they were starting to wake up and say, realize, hey, we're working our asses off for these people and we're not getting anything for it. So then they started thinking about how long the work week should be, how much this, how unsanitary some of the conditions were, how unsafe they were. So in recognition of that, in 18, around 1892, let me see, when I, got, I did write that down. 1894, Grover Cleveland, uh, instituted or signed a bill for the recognition of Labor Day. And in 1968, it was moved to a Monday, much like Columbus Day, Memorial Day, Columbus Day, which is probably not long for here for, for you know, that recognizing the holiday. Believe it or not, it won't be around. I don't think it'll be around too much longer. I, I'm not suggesting whether it should or should not be, but there's a significant amount of people that don't appreciate the celebration of it. Whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't really matter. That's what happens. Changes do occur. Just like we don't do Confederate Flag Day nationally anymore. I mean, some hillbillies around here do it and stuff like that. But... So Labor Day recognizes the hard work of laborers and some the least we can do for you. So go out and have a fucking hot dog and drink some beer. Well, in the service industry, at least down here in the Keys and stuff like that, it's our last bite at the apple for people. Now, they come down from the uh, Miami, the people, weekend people, and then you got people that take long weekends from different parts of the country. They may shoot down here, take, you know, come here Thursday to Tuesday. So I'll do a little diving. Wait until this, you know, but I would suggest, obviously, to look before or after 
you know, spread it out some good. But we're we're starting this. We started to see the last couple nights, two nights, uh, in preparation of that. It's almost as if a snowstorm's coming, because the locals have been out in force. And the restaurant I work in, the Catch Restaurant in Key Largo, mile marker one hundred two, was busy, which is good for us. You know, a lot of these big resort places get empty when the off season. Like this weekend, there's still there's going to be a lot of, but it's going to suck for them because a lot of the workers may have left already because it started slowing down like two, three weeks ago. And how long? Service workers are notorious for not having deep uh, bank accounts or healthy bank accounts. So they need to keep on earning money. But that's the nice thing about service work, uh, especially restaurant work, is that most places you get, you walk out with money daily. And people like that. And that's the reason, that's one of the reasons for it. So Labor Day on Monday, I will not. I will be laboring Monday, and I appreciate it. It's one of these things you accept. It's just like being if you become a peace officer, a fireman, nurse, doctor. All these things. It's not. It's it's the things. This is the life we choose, and I'm not complaining about it because I'll have plenty of time on the Tuesday and Wednesday, and luckily. The Tuesday and Wednesday following. And luckily, we, we are a local place and we'll do better than those big places. And added on top of that, a lot of the restaurants around us in the Keys, they take the opportunity right after Labor Day because then it's in the depths of being out of season. A lot of restaurants around, they're closed for the rest of the month, the balance of September, or just two weeks. But those two weeks is the chance for restaurants like The Catch to get a bite at the Apple, get a bite at the regulars that go to the other restaurants and try to you know, convert them to become our regulars. And we do do that. We think about it. We say, hey, listen, we got to be on our game the next two weeks. Matter of fact, I'm going to suggest that. I'm going to suggest that we have a meeting and say, listen, this is these next two weeks. They may be, um, we're very fortunate because uh, some of the places in the rest of the uh, Keys will still be open and the places around them won't be closed. And they will have the, the places that where there's a lot of places open, they're not going to have a lot of people. And But we will have, be fortunate enough to have even though there's dramatically less people here in the Keys, we will be the place that's open. So that'll be nice. So we always take thing as an opportunity. So Labor Day is laborious for us, but we smile because that's how we make our money. Not smiling, by laboring. When other people don't. Now, fortunately, I work at a place like we do get other days off, like Thanksgiving, we don't work. Christmas, don't work. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Easter, maybe. Easter, we may be off. I'm not sure. I, I worked at one place. We used to close on Super Bowl Sunday. And there was a reason for that. First of all, it was at the end of our busy season. 
And it was Super Bowl Sunday. It's the biggest house party day of the year. You know, people have house parties. You get the big screen television, stuff like that. Chips, beers, dip, pizza, uh, wings, all that shit. And, you know, the finer restaurants would just be closed. People say, hey, we're going, going, we're going out to dinner in the Super Bowl. No, I want to watch the Super Bowl. So, that's a good day to close, too. But, you know, people always try to do that. They try to say, hey, we'll just run a Super Bowl special. Well, that doesn't work. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Because that is minutia. Okay. Yesterday, I'm moving on. Different subject. Like the psychotic that I am with drinking too, too much coffee. Yesterday, I had... You said, oh, well, yesterday you didn't sleep too night, uh, much the night before, so you must not have an to say. It doesn't mean I'm not thinking, just because I didn't sleep that well. And I do my routine. And my routine is on Thursday, I get up early, even though I work Wednesday night and I get home. I, I try to go to sleep as early as possible. I didn't really. I got maybe four hours, three and a half hours sleep. Good sleep. Maybe. Maybe. So I get up early, do my class. I struggle through it. I try not to look like I'm struggling. But I'm, you know how you're kind of mailing it in? You're, going, you're moving on autopilot? Well, that was me early on the day. So I move to go to do... Uh, the my spin class. I'm trying to remember this. I'm getting into my head's getting into my tired thing on this. So I go to do my spin class. After spin class, I go to the bank. I go to the drive-through at the bank, and where my drive-through is, it it's raised up about eight ten feet. Where I'm parking in the front end of my car, I'm at the window, and it takes about three four minutes on making a deposit. I'm parked there. It's not a busy drive-thru. There's no one behind me. I'm the first one in, and there's no one behind me. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the farthest end of a Winn-Dixie supermarket parking lot. It's under the trees, and there's a couple cars parked. And there's a work truck, a utility truck, kind of like with the tool things on the back, and a small uh, sedan. And in between that work truck and a small sedan is a couple. And it looks to be about mid to late 40s in passionate kissing, passionate necking right there. At, let's say, it's, 20, it's right about the time I'm doing the show right now, 20 after 9. And I'm looking down and I'm thinking, and my brain's kicking in. And I said, oh, this is unusual and stuff like that. Um, oh, well, and I'm starting to build a narrative. Why is this happening? Well, why does it have to happen? It's just two people kissing. Well, that's not the way I think. If that was the way I thought, then there wouldn't be approaching 500 episodes. I have to have some of the crazy thoughts that I do. And I don't do that with the idea of having crazy thoughts. So I'm thinking, I'm going all through the line. and say, well, if they... If he had just come back from a trip and stuff like that, that's a weird place to meet if this is your significant other and you're, you know, they would have been home already, blah, blah, blah. So they're not, they're not living together. Well, if his boyfriend or girlfriend, he has a utility truck, she's in a car, he would have seen her 
someplace else? Why would they be meeting at 20 after 9? Oh, and then I'm thinking, this in my head, the only excuse is this is a illicit, illicit, I'm not judging, but these two people cannot be openly together. Hence, passionate kissing at 20 20 after 9 a.m., in between a truck and a car in a corner of a Winn-Dixie parking lot. And I said, wow, some, somebody is sneaking around. And I'm not doing too much judgment and stuff like that. I didn't do that when I was in, well, if they're dating, it's not no big deal, is it? It's like someone's married or both of them are married or something. Someone doesn't want to be seen. It's just like that just put in my head. And you know what? There's probably a good possibility that it wasn't the case, but the narrative I built just feels better for the logic in my head. So why would, you know, why at 20 after 9 in the morning would this be happening? And then I thought, how energetic of these people you got your you got two days left to work. Well, twenty after nine, the guy with a utility truck should be doing something else, right? I mean, he, he had the clothes on that he was driving a utility truck. I didn't see them get back in their cars, but they were the only cars in the immediate area. And I don't imagine they were both in the same vehicle, getting out and just passionately kissing there. Though that could be the five percent solution or the 2% solution, whatever you want to call it. But I don't think so. And then it got to me thinking again about why people do these things. You know, obviously, you know, even if the narrative that I built is incorrect, it's. I had four minutes, and a lot can go through your head in four minutes. And I'm thinking, well, why aren't they just together? Why Why not just be together? And I think, why do people stay together? I heard uh, stories about in here in Key Largo. Some, one of my regulars came in, and it turned out that they they're significant other was in contact with two other people and they were having relationships with two other people that weren't their partner and they were oblivious to it until the person came across messaging on a telecommunication device that was left unlocked And I said, well, how ambitious? And the person was in this, you know, they were, I guess they were in the late 30s, late 30s, mid 40s. And I thought, wow. And they were together for 20 years and things like that. I mean, when you're going out with two other people, you're pretty much saying, yeah, that the main relationship is not working where I need two. That's exciting. You know, it's pretty much over. People sometimes people do with a lot of forgiveness and things like that, but once once you're having like active relationship with two other people, and you see it in the movies every so often, but you go, wow, 
I did it when I was dating. But it, that wasn't because I was in a I wasn't in one serious relationship with one person. I was in three semi-serious relationships with three separate women. And it worked out fine. I mean, it was still busy. I was still very very busy with uh, the phone calls and making time for those three. It helps, you know, it helps if two of them are in committed relationships. I'm not suggesting it's the right thing to do. I was a young single man at the time. And there was an old saying about a stiff, I want to say, I don't want to say uh, the thing, even though I have an explicit setup on this. Um, it's that the, a, a stiff something has no conscience. And it, the something was dick. But I didn't want to say the whole phrase because it's cruel or rude or or something. And I didn't I didn't like set my sights on being that way. It just turned out that way, and I accommodated that. And that's, I served the purpose. Oh, here I'm on the phone. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and tell my wife that I'm doing a podcast. Hey, hun. I'm in the middle of doing a podcast right now. Yes, I'm doing a live one right now. Can I call you right back in about 15 minutes or 10 minutes? I love you. Bye. You know, wait. You know, I could have said, you know, I'm doing a live podcast and hung up. But... I wasn't, this wasn't by design to show you that I'm in a committed relationship. But I did all that horse and pony uh, show stuff before. I did. I didn't do it as a married guy. Because that would suck. Imagine, the, what is the reason for getting married? If you're, I, I know, I'm going to just break it down. Don't get married if you are going to do that. Now, I shouldn't have gotten married the first time I got married because I was had the propensity to do those things. But as it turned out, I didn't do those things. But all the evidence would point that I was prone to it. And I learned that I didn't have to do it. And so I was able to do it until, I mean, I was married and said, Jim, you're not married to that woman anymore. What happened? Was it infidelity? Infidelity did not break up my marriage. It was a lack of being able to relate to each other in calm, loving ways. We went to four different marriage counselors while we were married, and each one got progressively worse. And as you've heard in previous podcasts, during the space of seeing some of one of our counselors, the person passed away, not during a session, which would make it really horrible. That would probably ended the marriage right then. But it went on for like another two years after the marriage counselor died. Whew. That would have been great. You know, in the middle and just sitting there and you go, well, you know, and arguing a little. Oh, we actually didn't argue. And the last marriage counselor we went to, we argued a lot. But that probably would have ended the marriage much quicker if we had Pat, you know, if he had passed. Or one, if I passed, I would have ended the marriage too. And I would have, well, killed one bird with one stone. But my intention 
is not to do those things because I've learned that any time I seek to get satisfaction from another source, when not the primary source, which is, I know it's going to sound really scientific and unromantic, but I'm in this relationship with Abby because I love her deeply and she loves me deeply and we satisfy each other's needs and I'm happy about it. And we're changing. People change. You don't change as much when you're when you get older, I get, or guess the changes are incremental because there's bigger changes. When people get married younger, there's so many big changes that occur. For women, it's the birth of a child. Same thing for a guy's birth of a child, but it's more biological for a woman. It's more biological for a woman than a man, but and the psychological effect could be more. And I mean, there could be some biological effect on men, but. Uh, it could be more associated with the brain. So, but the changes that occur from, let's say, 20 to 30 are huge. And if you don't let your partner know what, you know, this is what my motivations will be. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm interested in. So what happens is people are together for a long time and they they didn't realize all their dreams and all this stuff. And they, they're tired of being looked at through the eyes of someone that knows them really well. Their partner. Men or women. Men or women. It happens a lot more with... Um, takes two to tango. And it's happening a lot more with women nowadays, obviously. It used to be the married men with the single women on the side, stuff like that. But, you know, the shoe can go on the other foot, too. And I can't speak from a woman's point of view, so I can only speak from the man's point of view. But I do understand that they do have a point of view. You got to remember that, right? So, what is the best way of changing your life? Changing the view of yourself? Changing the mirror that you're looking into? Think of a funhouse mirror. A relationship's like a funhouse mirror. You got skinny mirrors, you got fat mirrors. You're in a regular relationship with your long-term relationship. It could be a fat mirror. You're not happy with the views you're seeing of yourself, the way the person knows you. They know everything. They know your idiosyncrasies. They know that you may drink too much. You fart uh, too much. You drool when you eat spaghetti. Right? And the new person doesn't see that. They see someone they're very attracted to. They're physically attracted to you. They're passionate about it. Well, you don't know what's going on in their life. They could be coming out of a relationship, stuff like that. And they're thinking, oh, I want, the, I want that person. That person's stable, blah, blah, blah. They're in a long-term relationship. And they're a grown-up. Well, once you're in a relationship with the other person, if you dump the older relationship, move into the new relationship, let's say a guy, you're in your you know, mid-30s, Start running around with the girl at work who's 22, 23. Because the woman you've been with since high school, who's the same age as you, had a couple babies and stuff like that. Her body's changed a bit. You're tired. You know, she's seen and heard enough of your shit and understands it. Maybe all the newness of the romance has worn off. She doesn't look at you the same way. You may have put on like 40, 50 pounds. Little, you know, your hygiene's changed a bit. You know, you know, clean up as well. So you got this new person, and they're excited to know you. They think you're perfect the way you are. They didn't know you at eighteen, so they think, oh well, you're perfectly fine. 
Well, they will know you eventually. And they will know one character thing about you that you decided to not tell your partner in a committed relationship that you're going to begin another one. And that could be a flaw later in life. They can say, well, obviously you do not take seriously your vows of commitment. And when I say, I said vows of commitment. I didn't say marriage. Because marriage is a legal contract. And there's all sorts of repercussions for breaking a legal contract. There's alimony, visitation rights. If you have children, there's property to uh, separate and things like that. And there are also in the regular, but vows of commitment, when you tell them you're going to see that person exclusively. Or it's understood that you're going to see that person exclusively. So don't be surprised. Later on, I'm saying, why do people always surprise when the cheater gets cheated on or the cheater cheats again? There's never, you know, every so often there are people saying, well, I'm going to, this time I'm going to do it right. I'm going to fucking stay together. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose some weight right after I eat this bag of Doritos and maybe this cherry pie and a couple hot dogs and three cans of beer. You know, change happens within. Now, obviously, there are relationships where there are abusive and stuff like that. You need to seek solace and stuff like that. If you're in an abusive relationship, leave it. Leave it. We're doing it for the kids. The kids don't need to see that shit and tension and stuff like that. Well, the person that you're with, I don't want them to you know, go negative on me, stuff like that. They're already going negative on you. They see it. The kids see it, they feel it, they feel the tension and stuff like that. I had friends in high school who parents, you know, I went to Catholic high school, whose parents, they, they made a commitment. They said, well, we're, we're definitely going to get divorced and stuff like that. We're going to wait till the kids are old enough to move out of the house. I know people down here like that. And there's other ones, the more exciting ones, and say like this, oh, we're going to have a great time when they grow up in there. We're going to go on trips. We're going to do this. You know, it's going to be so different. We're, you know, they make plans. I mean, the best of both worlds is like, oh, I'm so happy. My child's growing up. They're growing into a person and stuff like that. And then we'll be able to change our lives. We have plans to do when we when you're you're moving on. We're not going to be like, you know, that empty nester goes like, oh my God, we are living our lives for our kids. It's not always like that. Live your life for yourself. You got to be happy in order to raise your kids. You cannot be a, a miserable asshole. Sometimes you're a miserable asshole when you stay with the other person. But don't start another relationship until you truncated the old one. Or put it a period on, or a comma. Is it a comma or a period? A comma means, okay, pause that relationship, reevaluate, either get out of it or work on it, or put a period at the end as cleanly as possible, as cleanly as possible, right? Because the end of a marriage is like an execution. I hate to say it like that. Some of them are peaceful, but some of them are like, the one in the Green Mile, where the asshole puts the dry sponge underneath the cap for an electric chair. I think it was Percy was the name of the character. And they had to 
hit the juice like 50 times in order to kill the guy, that's the worst way to end a relationship. Not exactly in a lecture chair. I mean, just saying you're trying to end it, trying to end it, trying to end it. It's just a long, messy thing. Just cut and dry. End it peacefully. This is it. I'm hoping that we can uh, still communicate because we do have, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, you don't have to talk to each other. You do not have to talk to each other if you do not have kids. There is no reason. You do. I say, I didn't say you shouldn't. I say you do not. I mean, that's a total... It's a, it's a option. Every so often, and I haven't done it for years, every time I have talked to my ex, and I don't think I have spoken to my ex too much since, I think in the beginning of a relationship with Abby I did, but uh, just say hello and uh, some significant events occurred and stuff like that, that was it. I haven't really heard from him years until years later, and I hear it secondhand through other people, but there's no reason for us to do it, even though we still have fond feelings for each other. I imagine, I don't know if she has fond feelings for me, but I remember I grew up during that time. I learned about what I like in a relationship when I don't like in a relationship. And that's everything I got out of that couple minutes of looking at someone in the Winn-Dixie parking lot. Welcome to my fucking life. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. All you tens of thousands or tens. Drop the thousands, maybe. No, I've been getting a lot of listeners lately, and I do appreciate it. The numbers are up. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for sharing it. I've had a lot more listeners from overseas, from other states. We're really, really branching out there, and I do like it. Um, I appreciate listening. Remember, these are just my opinions. It's not written in sand. I know sometimes with these podcast things, you really kind of commit to the show and you start building a narrative of the person like I did with those people in the parking lot, building a narrative of me. But I don't have all the answers. I just have my views. And I like to share them with you because this is the therapy I like to do. And if you do like the show, please share this with your friends, family. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I do most of my stuff on Facebook. Mainly it's just posting of the shows. If you don't want to have to get it from Spreaker. Remember, I'm available on a lot of other platforms too. And I'm hoping that... I'm hoping. You know what? I'm going to make a commitment. I kind of have to do... I guess I have to do the 500th episode someplace. So I'm going to look for that. I'm going to delay, I'm going to keep on releasing episodes, but I'm going to delay numbering number 500. How about that? You know why? Because I already have more than 500 episodes, right? I do. I have more than 500 episodes, but I don't have the 500th episode, do I? Because I didn't number it 500. It's like a very Brady Christmas special. I don't have that. I mean, I did have that. Not a very Brady Christmas special, but I have different things that I did. Not different, pretty much essentially. It's all the same. Me going out with diarrhea of the mouth. I do like to thank you. If you have any questions for me, please email them to jim at keysbartender.com. I will come back to you. Today is Friday. I don't know when I'm going to do it. Oh, and I'll play that new sound I have. What do I got? I got Tina. Um, this is Tina. You're an asshole! <laughs> This is a real quick one from Michelle. I think this is the one. I'm going to kill you! I didn't mean to say that. And then I'm going to play my podcast theme. I'm not going to kill you, and you're not an asshole. But I figure I should have said, you're an asshole.
Thank you very much and have a wonderful, wonderful Labor Day weekend. Uh, Do something not too laborious if you have the opportunity. Thank you.